what do you think when you hear the term life coach? I think of someone like running a cult. Someone that gives you great advice. advice. Like a, a poor man's therapist. Like somebody that leaves something with you that you will carry on for life. Inspirational. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend and you're listening to Undressed. Today's guest is Michelle Ward, the When I Grow Up coach. Now, I know guys who, you know, work with leadership coaches at the CEO level, but it feels like career coaching or life coaching, if that's what you want to call it, when you're still climbing the ladder can feel either, I don't know, A, like an extravagant expense because it's, you know, not cheap, or B, an admission of defeat in some way. Like it's asking for directions, but with your career with your life. Um, and you know what? Neither of those are necessarily easy for a guy to do. I get it. Now I'm talking to Michelle because I actually worked with her myself when I was getting ready to leave advertising and when style girlfriend was just a twinkle in my eyes. So I know how meaningful working with a coach can be for identifying blocks, challenges, and of course those important opportunities that are crucial to getting where you want to go. Um, and that's why I want to talk to Michelle because I'm hoping that she can kind of shed some light on the industry as a whole for you guys and maybe how you might get something out of working with a coach yourself. Today's episode is sponsored by 5.4, a simple, affordable way to expand your wardrobe. Now, here's me and Michelle Ward, the When I Grow Up coach. Take a listen. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm super excited. I feel like you've been a dream guest for a while and then you were moving and you were having babies and life got in the way. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. That's so kind of you to say. It's so funny because, you know, I've been, I've been doing this work now, oh my gosh, full time for six years, but, but for eight years altogether. And I've worked with so many more women than I have with men to the point where I say I only work with creative women. So I'm a little nervous because like we're talking to all these dudes and, and I hope I have good things to say. <laughs> well, let's dive right into that. Why do you think that that sort of came about? Why do you think that gender split happened? Why are guys afraid? Well, maybe that's the wrong word. Why aren't guys interested in coaching? Yeah. You know, I think my certain style of coaching, and I think you really nailed it in the intro, Megan, like guys are more about leadership coaching or executive coaching. And even when they're faced with um, knowing they want a career change, which is really what I work with my clients on there. I don't want to gender stereotype, but I will. Um, they're more likely to want someone to give them an answer. Right. So it's like, I think they're the ones more likely to go to the, the career coaches or consultants that are like, here, let me give you the Myers-Briggs test and let me, you know, talk about transferable skills and like beep, beep, beep. I put this in my computer and out comes black. Um, and that's not how I work with my clients. And so it was really interesting because when I launched my business back in 2008, I was very general. And I said, I work with creative people. And after, I don't know how many years it was, probably about four or so years, four or five years, I looked and I was like, Oh, I've coached almost, you know, over 200 women and 14 men. Um, and maybe there's a reason for this. And, and then I changed my focus to say, I only work with women because the way I approach um, helping these creative women 
with their career changes is very holistic. Um, and I do take the rare male client here and there, but I'm like, you got to hop on my hippy dippy train and you have to really release the expectations that I'm here to tell you what it is you want to do. Instead, I'm here to give you the tools so that we can find the puzzle pieces together and then work together to see how they interlock and what picture they make. Um, but I'm not here to hand you a piece of paper saying, you know, you should be in PR and because that just gives you no context of anything and isn't even necessarily based on what you want to be working on or what you want for yourself and your lifestyle. Well, it's so interesting your word choice when you said holistic. I think for me, my ears perk up when I hear that. Like when I get sick, like the first person I go see is my acupuncturist, right? Like I'm like, what can we do about this? That's not just, yeah, like throwing something at the problem. Um, whereas, you know, someone else might be like, I'm going to go to my doctor and they're going to like give me drugs. And that's like what people do in 2016. But I do think that, um, to look at your career in that same way, I think you're right. I think that men maybe want something that's more prescriptive. Um, and, and so yeah. what would you say to a guy who is thinking about going into, well, you know, career coaching, life coaching, whatever, whatever term we want to use here. Um, you know, if he, if he's recognized that maybe he's stuck or he has kind of decisions to make, what would you say to him if he's like trepidatious about, about actually jumping on the bandwagon? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. You know, um, I have to say like, get ready to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> um, if you're not ready to feel uncomfortable for a lot of the time, then like you're not ready to work with a coach. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what I find, you know, part of what I find so rewarding about this work is I hear from clients that I've worked with literally five, six, seven years ago. And they email me and they say, Michelle, I'm still looking at our notes from our sessions and they're still guiding me on my career journey. And to me, um, I get so excited about that because really what a good coach and a certified coach should be doing for you is not only helping you, you know, overcome obstacles so that you could reach your goals faster and more effectively than you would otherwise, but also like, tap into your bigger dreams, um, which I think especially men kind of shut down on and about. Um, society has really brought us up, especially for guys, I think that like work is called work because it's not play and you're here to provide for your family. And the most important thing is to like bring the dollar dollar bills um, and, you know, climb the ladder and get the fancy title and blah, 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 blah. But meanwhile, I think, and, and I especially speak to the, to the guys out there that identify as, as creative, because that's kind of my, my specialty. Um, if you have that piece inside of you that says, Oh, I want to start a business. Um, but I know that puts my family at risk or like, I want to be an artist in some sort of way, but I've been told forever. I can't make money from that. You just, you have to suspend disbelief for just a little bit. And you don't have to be like, so a hundred percent on suspend disbelief train. You gotta be like 20% of just like, okay, I'm gonna, I have that sliver of like looking at what my bigger, scarier, riskier dreams are. Um, and the, the good career coach will be able to kind of bring that out of you and then help you figure out 
how you make that tangible, how you get there with baby steps in a way that makes you feel as comfortable and confident as possible. And I think you nailed it um, with the idea of having to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. One of the questions I had been down to ask you was, does everyone cry as much at their sessions as I did with you? Because I remember Michelle, like legit, like being so happy that our conversations were over the phone because I was just a bawling mess every time I talked to you. And it wasn't that it was like a therapy session. Like we literally made a crap ton of progress every time we talked, but I was so like torn apart by it because it was, it was me laying bare all of these vulnerabilities of like, I really want to write, but I don't, think that I'm allowed or I, you know, I don't right. feel like I can give myself permission to do what I want to do. Like all of this stuff that I had to work through that was totally internal, but absolutely had to do with my career and my professional life. So is that something that you've seen if, with your, your smaller, uh, number of male clients, but is that something that's like been harder for them that maybe women are like ready to just be like, yeah, all right. I got my box of Kleenex. Let's do this. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to remember if I could think of any male clients that I've worked with that cried with me at all on the phone um, or in any of our sessions. And I can't think of one, I can't think of one time that that has happened. Um, and I, again, I think it's just, you know, guys being more closed off, guys being more protective. Um, I think women are able to tap into your, their vulnerability a little bit easier. And I think this is where I really love the intersection between career coaching and life coaching because the work that I do, yes, the end result is like, let's get these creative women in a business that they love. And I've come to terms with that too, that like the vast majority, um, I'm talking like 98% of the women that work with me want to start their own business. And sometimes they're in denial about it. They're like, no, 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 Michelle, it's not what I want. <laughs> but, but, um, when, you know, they actually look at themselves and go, Oh, and they hate it because like, this is the hard, scary decision and they rather have the easier decision. Um, but men are definitely more closed off to that and a lot less vulnerable. Um, and so I think it's like, you know, if you're working with a, a good coach, like you're going to get the results that you signed up to get. But I always say like the side effects of the work that I do with my clients is that like all of a sudden they're on top of their time management and, pro and project management like they've never been before because they have to do that in order to get their homework done and figure out how they work best. They're able to, you know, feel the career fear and do it anyways. Um, because though I call them the vampire voices cause they suck all the good things out of us. Like those vampire voices, they never go away, but the more you just keep showing up and keep taking baby steps, then the more that like those vampire voices just get quieter and they're like, Hey, we're still here. And you're like, yeah, cool. All right. I see you over there in that other chair. No problem. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to do this thing anyway. Um, and so, you know, that becomes like a side effect of, of the work that I do and kind of thank God for those vampire voices because they're the ones <laughs> that have kept me in business this long. <laughs> Oh, vampire voices. Uh-huh, uh-huh, thank you, you. You said uh, sort of the intersection of career and life coach. What are the differences? Are there any, or is it more just kind of how you brand yourself? Because there's yeah. so much, like, overlap, right? I mean, like, what you do in your career affects what you do in your life and vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's really interesting. I decided to go down the path of certified life coach as opposed to going through a 
you know, um, career coaching, a career consulting program. Um, and I love the life coach, um, perspective and the training that I got because it's transferable to like any situation. Um, so, you know, for me, it's all about, you know, being an active listener and it's all about reserving judgment and it's all about knowing that the client really is the one that knows himself the best and is in, is in the driver's seat. And throughout all these years that I've done this work, I've just been collecting these like career change tools, um, and put them in my toolbox and kind of like smush them together. Um, but my process is like always changing. And I have throughout the years been tempted, like, Oh, maybe I do, maybe I do want like a career coach, you know, program or certification. Um, maybe I need to look at something official and everything I've looked at just doesn't feel right to the type of work that I do. And sure I could be giving more tests or whatever, but ultimately I feel like, um, looking at your bigger dreams and your lifestyle goals and, you know, the, the simplification of what I do is to have my clients wake up in the morning, think of the day that they have ahead of them and say, huh, I'm looking forward to at least 70% of this day. Like, like that's, that's it, right? Good goal. I mean, it's really the simplification of everything. And that's what life coaches do too. Um, a life coach, I go to a spiritual life coach now because I've become that person, but like <laughs> what she does isn't so different than what I do with my clients. She just does it for my spirituality and, you know, hippie jiffiness and my family drama, um, the same way I could do it for my clients with career coaching. Today's episode is brought to you by 5-4. This LA-based brand will send you a delivery of stylish clothes not available anywhere else. For just $60 a month, build your wardrobe and diversify your look with clothes for the office, the weekend, and everywhere in between. Visit 54club.com to learn more and become a member. I wanted to learn more about it, so I asked my brother Aaron to take the service for a spin. Here's what he had to say. Soon as you click submit, they say, your first clothing packages on the way. And, and that was that. I mean, for somebody who does not love to shop, it really did me a favor. And they're definitely going to be in my staple wardrobe rotation. Undressed listeners can get 50% off their first month's package when they sign up with the code STYLEGF. Just go to 54club.com and enter STYLEGF at checkout. 54. Live beyond the box. again, if we were all being honest with ourselves, we could all use coaching in like different ways. And in, in the way that someone might hire a trainer, because sure they could work out on their own, but they could get the results a lot faster by working with a professional. It seems so weird to me that people wouldn't then simply transfer that over and say, yeah, I need the same kind of help in my career. Or yeah, I need the same kind of help with like my soul. Like, (laughs) of course, again, all of this you're saying to me, I'm like, I mean, obviously you're preaching to the choir, but it is something where I can be self-aware. And like, when you're like, oh, I'm an active listener with my clients. I'm like, I'm so turned on right now. Like I get that as a woman, like that that is different than when a man would hear that and be like, yeah, but like, I just want to problem solve. So tell tell me like if a guy is at the very least, again, self-aware enough to be like, yo, I need a change. What would you say? Like what kind of guy or what kind of situation would you direct someone to a career coach versus who would you direct to a life coach like yourself? 
Oh yeah. I mean, I think like, I'm just going to state the obvious. I mean, it's the, it's like, what's your biggest challenge in your life at this point and what do you need to work on and work through? So I think that we know when our career is not working for us. Um, and I think sometimes very rare instances, but sometimes it's not our industry or our role. It's the company that we're working for. And when, if, and when, you know, we make that change to a different company and, and you're in a better environment that feels more aligned with your values, then things shift and you start feeling fulfilled again. Um, I wrote a blog post about this. I'll make sure to send it to you. Um, so that you put it in the show notes. It was a general assembly, but I think that, you know, you know, like if you're, if you're feeling so exhausted, if you're feeling so emotionally and physically drained, if you're feeling psychosomatic or sick, like, you know, what's bringing that on for yourself. And maybe it's your relationship with your mother. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's because you never go out and exercise. But like, I think deep down, we know what our biggest problem is. And if it's, pointing to your career, then, then that's what you need to look at. But that's when it's time for a career coach. Otherwise, um, it's time to, you know, go to that trainer or find a health coach or a, um, you know, I know of like body image coaches that could totally that work. I think mostly with women, but could also be, you know, like for men. I know um, some men that could work for Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a life, I feel like there's a life coach niche for like every issue. Um, so, you know, I, I could use my husband as an example, um, because of course he wasn't interested in, in necessarily being coached by me ever. Um, because, because why I'm his wife and, yeah, that and did real weird, real fast, you know, whatever, but I, I tried very hard, but, um, he wound up, he worked in advertising as an employee for, oh my God, 10 plus years. And finally, in uh, I left my job in 2010. I want to say 2012. Um, I think it was towards the end of 2012 or beginning of 2013. He was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't. I I I hate it. And the words that he used was, I hate the person that I am at that job. Um, and that to me was really telling. Uh, and, and maybe even not, you know, a, a, a manly thing to kind of say, but he's like, when I'm at work, I am like nasty. I'm short tempered. I'm like, not, not this guy that I've ever met before, you know, like not someone his family and friends outside of work would know. Um, and so that was the main reason that he said, like, I'm going to go freelance instead, um, and work from gig to gig. And that was really helpful for him. Again, not like making this drastic change or saying, you know, I'm going to now, I don't know, go be a painter or something like that. Um, but in saying like, if I disconnect from the office drama and I know that I'm not stuck there, then I could emotionally deal with this better and I won't be this person that I hate. Um, so that was kind of how he knew he had to make that change for himself. Well, it's so interesting. I think there's levels of degree, right? Like you talked about how a lot of people come to you and they actually want to start their own business. I came to you and I decided to like straight up switch my career. Your husband decided to go freelance. Like, do you think that there's, I mean, or maybe do you have case studies of clients that you've worked with that actually are totally able to stay in their same career, their same role, but they just either changed how they approached it or, 
you know, asked to change their responsibilities? Like, do you think it's possible, like, if someone's unhappy with their career to actually change themselves to better yeah. fit the career and not the other way around? Yeah. Um, there's one person actually that like pops into my head who, um, when we worked together, she realized the type of work that she wanted to do was different than, than, than the work that she was doing. But she also realized how great a fit her company was and how there was room within her company for doing the type of thing she wanted to do. So amen and hallelujah. She set a meeting with her managers and said like, hi, this is what I want to be transitioning to. Is there a space for me to do that here? Um, otherwise I might kind of, you know, be looking for something somewhere else. And they wound up creating what they called, you know, the Joanna role, which like didn't have a title for a very long time, but they were able to, it's um, so weird considering your name is Stephanie. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but she did that for years until she had a kid and it was really interesting because, um, she had a kid, she left work and started like teaching music, which is something that when we worked together, she had talked about and she'd started, you know, kind of doing her own business stuff and, and left that role because that was her new dream and her new goal and the new lifestyle thing that she wanted. Um, which is another good so, point to make that you know, like your perfect job can actually change over time. So like you can get to where you want to go, but then you do have to continue to evaluate and say like, is this still the right thing? Is this still making me happy 70% of the time or whatever? Totally, totally. And I think, you know, what you, and I think I didn't really answer your question. I think what you asked me originally is more of what I see in my clients when they um, get what I like to call a break job, which is like the job that you go into knowing it's getting you from point A to point B. And to me, like that bridge job is all about whatever it is that gives you the money and the energy in order to go like work on the thing that is your ultimate goal. So I would say the vast majority of my clients don't say to me, you know, like the example with my husband, don't say to me, well, I'm in advertising and, you know, I want to go freelance and that's like my thing. Or even I'm in advertising and I want to be, I want to own a business and work with other businesses on their marketing. Like usually it's not even that parallel, but they'll say like, I have someone actually that I'm working with now who I love, who's in advertising constantly and marketing. And she is about to launch a website that is all about like the creative journey and the creative process for people that are creative people, but have like killed that part of themselves <laughs> and honor, aren't honoring that part of themselves. And so as a brief job, she's looking at going freelance and advertising because it would give her so much more time. Um, it would give her like way less soul sucking moments and it would be able to still give her the money that she needs while she's able to build this business in a much like quicker, more effective way than she could if she stayed in that job. I love it. It just, I think what I personally got from you because I didn't change my job like right away. Like I didn't leave advertising right after we worked together, but Again, I keep coming to this back to this idea of like creating the permission structure that allowed me to be like, oh, but I can. Like when I'm ready, I can change right. and I can make, you know, I can make myself happy. Like I don't have to wait for the right job to come along or for like, you know, X, Y, or Z to change. Like I'm, I'm the one that's going to sort of be my own like knight in shining armor. And that was huge for me. So I guess I would just say like to anyone who's considered it, um, 
I can absolutely vouch for it. So since you are so focused on the ladies now, how could a guy who wants to work with a coach, how can he find a good coach? Oh, how could he find one? Um, well, A, you could go to whenigrowupcoach.com and like shoot me an email and tell me more about you and I will try to hook you up because I know some people. Um, otherwise, you know, like start talking to your friends. You never know who people have in their back pocket. Um, so or, there's no like good centralized list of like, oh, here's all the certified coaches. It's kind of like doctors, like you need recommendations. Totally. There's really not, I mean, other than your trusty friend Google, um, I feel like there's really, there's really not. Um, but just, I feel like what's most important is not only finding someone that, you know, has the credentials or the experience that you're looking for, but having someone that you really connect with on a personal level, because this sort of work, like we mentioned, is so vulnerable. Um, and you, you want someone that you really feel safe with or connected to. Um, and so, you know, I think too, part of the reason that I don't work with, you know, a lot of dudes or really any dudes anymore is that too, like if you go to my website, there's a lot of exclamation points. There's girly. a lot of, <laughs> yeah, I feel that it's not, I think overly girly. Um, but you know, obviously I'm, I'm marketing just women, but like the guys that I've worked with, I have absolutely had consultation calls to be like, this is what you're getting yourself into. And this is how, you know, this is like my enthusiasm level. It's always really high and blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, you know, we're both kind of coming to the table knowing what we're getting ourselves into and saying yes. But if there's someone you have a consultation call with that you're like, I don't feel like we're talking the same language. I don't feel comfortable with this person, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's not that ease of communication and that's not the right person for you. Yeah. Can I, I go back to the last point that you made? Because I want to add something yeah. to it. I think it's important. Um, talking about your own journey, I feel like you make an a really great case study into how like just recognizing your bigger dream and then making steps towards it opens doors because that's always my takeaway from our work together so many years ago is that you left our session being like, okay, I'm going to write. I'm going to write. And like what on your to-do list was um, like, go, like pick yourself and write, just find any and all writing gigs and just freaking do it. And I know you would tell the story, you know, better than me, but I remember when style girlfriend came to be um, because it was an opportunity of like someone that said to you, Hey, you know, we're looking for like a regular girl to write this column, but we hadn't talked about how you're like passion fashion or men's fashion, or this is this thing. Like this wasn't the goal all along. The goal all along was like, I want to make a living as a writer. So you went to find those opportunities and those opportunities led to like the opportunity, which I know now you're obviously like passionate and interested in, but you don't have to figure out all the puzzle pieces in order to really make things work for you. And sometimes we just have no freaking idea what the future is going to hold for us. But and this is the hippy dippy me talking. Like you put that shit out into the universe. And I've seen this so many times. Like you're, you talk about it. You send emails to people saying, I'm looking for this sort of work or, you know, this is what I want to transition to. And do you have anything like this for me? Or do you, can you connect me with someone that might have these sort of opportunities? Like doors open all the time without you having to like knock on them a million times or like push them or shove them open. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I actually, it's so funny because I mean, God, you know me, like I love to be like, oh, it's the universe, oh, the secret. But like <laughs> I, I discovered this new term super recently that I've been using to not sound so hippy dippy. And it's this, uh, it's like this startup guy came up with this concept of like increasing your quote unquote luck surface area. So it's basically oh. the idea of, it's exactly the same thing. It's like, you have to actually tell people what you want to do for it like to be able to happen. But the more people that you expose to your passion, like you increase your luck surface area of like good things coming your way. So I love that. Yeah. I if you want to start saying that to like get off the, the secret train, I'm you love welcome. it. I hear it all the time. It's worth noting too that like every single time my client has some sort of career idea and I say to them, do you have one you could talk to about this thing? No one has ever said no. No one has ever come up with a blank slate. Every single person has someone in their circle, even if they're like one or two people removed, that they could reach out to always. So like if, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, you have this idea in your head and you want to talk to someone who's doing that thing or have some insight for you or might be able to get you started or have connections, like go reach out to them because I know that you know them. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst they're going to say? Like, I mean, first of all, like, they're not going to be jerks. Like, if you already know them, like, why would they be like, you're an idiot? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's just that taking the step of like putting it out mm -hmm. there. And then, yeah, everything kind of cascades after that. Michelle, I've taken up too much of your time already, but before I let you go, I want to ask you the same thing that we asked all of our guests to close out. And that was, what was your first million bucks moment? That moment where, whether it's because of something that you put on, something that happened in your life, you just feel like you can't be stopped. Uh, I, when I taught my first creative live class, which is called create your dream career. Um, it was a like two and a half day class. It was simply like a 20 hour class that took the student from like, I'm not happy in my job, but I don't know what I want to here's my usually business idea. Or here's my career idea that I'm moving forward with. And it was the culmination of like everything that I had worked on in, you know, the, I think that was back in 2014. So at that point it was like, here's the last six years of my life. <laughs> um, and also here's, you know, I have my BFA from musical theater um, and musical theater from NYU. And, and I've been a performer my whole life. And it was like being filmed for that and being on that stage and having that platform and that medium and teaching what I'm so passionate about and what I worked on for six years leading up to it was like, oh, and getting questions from the audience for three days and not a single one of them let me draw a blank. Like I knew the answer to every single goddamn question. And I went, oh, this is the culmination of my life. Like this is why my life went the way that it did. And hindsight is obviously 2020, but it's like, oh, here's everything I've trained to do in my life right on the stage. And so that, I don't know if it was my first million bucks moment, but I remember like wrapping up that class and crying, haha, <laughs> let's bring a full circle, like crying almost right away when, when we were done. And I said to the, the production team that was there, like, oh, everyone cries when their class is over, right? And they were like, mm. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, they don't. Um, but I was just so like, happy and proud and authentic and and just felt so in my element. Like that's definitely where it was at for me. Ooh, I love it. That's a good one. Michelle Ward, thank you so much for oh, you guys who want to learn more about Michelle head to when I grew up coach .com. And hey, like she said, email her. She's 
yeah, she's got good ideas. I mean, you've just listened to her this long talking about all of her good ideas. So go check her out. That's it for this episode of Undressed. If you guys like this episode, please do go rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other guys just like you find us even faster. And thanks to our sponsor, 5-4. Remember, Undressed listeners can get 50% off their first month's package when they sign up with the code STYLEGF. My brother would not steer you wrong, I promise. I'm Megan Collins of Style Girlfriend. Till next time.